All right, and welcome everybody to another episode of the Senpai Kohai Podcast. It's your boy Trey, and with me is the Hentai Hashira, Steven. Steven, what's going on over there? What are you doing? I, I love that I've gained this this moniker that always involves hentai at this point because apparently it's been forced on me. I don't talk about hentai that much. Really, I don't. Just Trey it's makes hard. it sound like I do. It's <laughs> it's hard to come up with these names. And what everything has to kind of go with itself. You know, the Hokage. The Hokage, but the hentai, come on, what else is it going to be? And what, what kind uh, of Hashibur are you going to be? That the hint that, that sounds so much better than the flame Hashibur. The flame Hashibur has already been taken. You it's know what, true. what else and can you be? Absolutely. And the truth is, is uh, two things. Alliteration is always a much better thing to have whenever you're trying to be kind of like catchy. Uh, but number two, uh, I do typically respond with a lot of. Uh, there's a hentai for that whenever we're talking. <laughs> So. yeah yeah and it catches me off guard like uh <laughs> oh god what was i i think there was just something i was just throwing out i think i was just talking about something stupid some cartoon and you're like oh yeah there's a there's an inside for that <laughs> and i was like ah <laughs> you're probably right ah. speaking of hentai and well lewd and inappropriate things i i feel like today was quite the experience uh in our friend group conversing about what started out as a simple and safe, funny headline where Japan creates a lickable TV screen where you can taste things. And our friend Nathan added an anime girl picture with the, with the arm raised. And I threw Trey under the bus. And so I was like, Oh, finally we can, we can satisfy our anime armpit fetish. Um, and I had real no time. business no business being tagged in this i have never in my life displayed interest in armpits i i what was it it was in testament of sister new devil where that girl yeah that girl licked another girl's armpits and i i stopped my whole life slowed down and i was like this is really happening what <laughs> on earth <laughs> Your spirit I, left your body. Like if your mom walked in on you watching hentai. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, or your mother-in-law walking in on you watching Food Wars. It's just the worst. <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> Did that really happen? Yeah, that's happened to me. It's you're right oh, in the middle man. of a good cook-off. And, you know, she walks in. Oh, hey, what are you doing? And then you have to. You got to be like, it's anime. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. you <laughs> I expect this. You should expect this. You know, I, I back, back slowly <laughs> out of the room one step please, at a time. Put this, I'm, I'm calling the police on you for breaking in here. <laughs> I think, honestly, my favorite part of the entire conversation, besides just being really hilarious, I was at work and I, I couldn't help but just be a part of this and then egg it on because you came flaming into the, the, the conversation with all caps and i was like what are you talking about we talk about oh. this all the time oh, we have God. we have very uh very heated and um you know virtuous discussions about anime <laughs> armpits and so so this goes on for like a solid hour with all of the boys jumping in and making jokes and the the funny part of this is this is actually the result of me being old and you know trying to learn about the internet so as I may, I may have mentioned millions of times because I repeat myself constantly. Um, 
I took a long period of time off the internet. So a lot of the things that a lot of people are very accustomed to, I don't have experience with. One of these things is Reddit. And uh, so I I started kind of messing around with Reddit, but then I was like, man, you know what? I don't really know like some good, good subreddit. So I should ask the boys. This is a great idea. And I got in and I asked for subreddit suggestions and no one really responded for a while, but eventually Daryl jumped in and gave me some great suggestions like r slash anime or r slash abrupt chaos and i think he gave me like three more and i was like oh okay yeah i got this we're cool and last but not least he drops in r slash anime armpits and i was like lamau that's a funny one because i didn't think it was real and i, I was expecting you to drop funny. a lamau whoa yeah yeah <laughs> i just blew you out of the water with that one but i actually laughed like like a good hearty laugh on that one because i thought that no, that's a funny joke like this guy's a funny guy it's a good thing he's a youtuber and uh i remember i was still browsing reddit after thinking it was a joke and i was like what if it isn't <laughs> what if it's not a joke in a world <laughs> and it, <laughs> in a world it motherfucking armpit. wasn't <laughs> like you just go onto the you go onto the subreddit and it's just just arm anime armpits all over the place like it's it's an experience and uh, so I subbed I joined no, I, I joined the subreddit <laughs> I checked it out today after our conversation and someone dropped it again and they were like Reddit anime armpits and I was like what what is that? it's just armpits and like lit- every time I think of an armpit it's like. I just think of like just folds of skin, you know, it's just like maybe with some old spice, you know, flakes in it. And it's like, what is, what is going on? But then I looked and I understood and really (laughs) it's just, it's not the armpit or I think I understand it's, it's the set piece of what the armpit, Mm -hmm. armpit is. It's not like people have this fascination with this sweaty gland underneath the arm. Because really, that's what I thought it was. And I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, 2012 really should have happened. And we really should have been wiped out. But no, oh it's, a, it's a set piece. And what all around it is, is really what you're appreciating. And I was like, wow, okay, I could, I could see this. And I scrolled down and I was like, okay, I'm whoa okay this is weird i'm i'm out of here dipping <laughs> out. i'm about to have to go to church I absolutely need to go to church you need to go confessional like you know you want to you th- the reason you thought of it that way is because you spent too many times too much time in locker rooms and and dudes are gross but then you, you get the like the full image like a, a classy one see that's the problem there's there's always a point ah. where classy gets, goes absolutely off the table um the classy ones it feels like oh there's the musculature the wonderful animation the side boob and you all of a sudden going like i can't tell people about this i'm gonna alienate everyone in my like entire life because of this and then you get to the weird stuff and you're like okay we're done we're done we're we're gonna unsub there uh and not talk about it ever again and this is the end of the most awkward and like audience uh, alienating story we've ever told on this podcast yeah, we have spent <laughs> seven and a half minutes speaking on anime armpits so i think i'm armpit gonna unsub rise myself up. no no <laughs> no no god oh my gosh okay all right so now that we've officially cemented my role as a hentai something every episode uh how you doing trey you've been watching anything you've been playing anything or 
What, what I are we have, doing? What, what, what man, you got I've going been, on? I've been slammed, nose to the dirt. I life is life is do, doing me like the Hulk did Loki right now. I am I am busy. Um, I've had a little bit of time to do a little bit of things. I've got a, uh, and really I am just focusing on final. You, spoiler alert. I'm playing Final Fantasy 13. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know Still? this is news. Still, uh. I'm grinding. So, and I don't. I think I've talked about this before, where they have these side missions. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Daryl, playing the same, play, or we're playing at the same time, uh, talking about it. And they have these side missions where you have to backtrack to a certain point in the game. And you talk to these stones. The stones gives you a mission to go to another part of the game and you kill a monster. From there, you have to go to your next hunt mission where you go to another part of the world, talk to a stone, and then you go to another part of the world and kill a monster. And the pattern continues. And it's awful. I'm 30 missions (laughs) deep in this. And granted, I'm hella strong. Now, I think I've actually... I have really improved in doing all this. I've fine-tuned my team. And, like, I've I've upgraded my equipment. Everything's maxed. I even did some tweaking today where Hope is a monster. I, uh, I gave him some pieces, and I was like, you know what? Why don't you do this? And he unleashed, like, this thunder magic that would have put Donald Duck to shame. And I was like, very impressive. Oh, that's that's a Kingdom Hearts reference. Oh, okay. You and me are going to play Kingdom Hearts. We're going to play Kingdom Hearts one day. (laughs) You're going to appreciate it. uh, I I only got to... I think I only got to the Aladdin world in the first game, and that's about it. Oh, yeah. You didn't get very far. No, I didn't. Um, Um, Yeah. Or I could just do another uh, 24-hour stream, and we could do that. That's a... and you watch me only be present for a couple hours of that one. <laughs> I'll only be mentally present. <laughs> and then I'll just go into autopilot and beat it. But I'm uh it's just these quests are so redundant and mm-hmm. like it I think it's meant for you to kind of track the world and some are some are placed way the hell out there and explore things, but it doesn't add anything. There's not lore. It's just goober stuff, like I'm I'm getting ready to go fight this boss again, and and if I can't beat him, I'm calling it quits. I got other Final Fantasies to play. I like just straight up drop it until you can come back to it and finish it. Because remember, you have to finish them. (laughs) You have to finish them. You and Daryl are the worst at this. You're like, if I put even like an hour into this, I've played it. It's okay. Like, if you're going to say you're going to finish something, you got to finish something. Because I'm about to tell you a story to go along with your game that you've been playing. But are you to ready? Ca- to caveat, <sighs> if I can't finish it, it's for two reasons. Either it's gotten to a point where I can't. And I'm fi- I'm 40 hours in, 45 hours in on Final Fantasy 13. I've now spent eight, five to eight hours grinding for this boss. If I can't beat it now... I'm not. I w- I will probably beat it after another ten hours, but it's not worth it at that point. No, way. Here, our thresholds, our thresholds, uh, <laughs> our thresholds are completely different. We are not the same. Uh, let me let me hear what you got then. Show me a okay. thresh. Put so put, put me where the gooch is. I I'm gonna put you somewhere. That's not exactly the word is I expected not... you to say. Oh, okay. Is that not how you use the word? <laughs> 
No, that's not how you use that word at all. Oh, okay. Okay, look, look, as I gotta say this. The word gooch does not sound appealing, no matter how you use it. Like, yeah. Ugh. It's like the word moist to everybody else. Sorry yeah. for everyone that hates it. No, it's I actually okay. I'm I'm unaffected by that word, which uh, mainly because whenever I say it, I think of cake and not gross stuff. Yeah, I don't. I I think you have to get to a point where, you know, it's it, just don't think of, I don't know, gross crevices. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just associate it with something good, and a word won't it hurt you. Uh, but I can't think of anything good to go with gooch. Anyways, this is yeah, literally I the got most nothing. unimportant thing. <laughs> this is the most unimportant thing. All right. So as I've as we've kind of mentioned a few times on here, um, I have not finished Persona Five Royal yet, and uh, I have a confession to make. I I have played Persona Five quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Um, I played all the way up until uh, you beat the game. And spoiler alert, uh, kinda. This is an old ass game at this point, so I'm not going to feel super bad about it. I got all the way up to Maruki's dungeon at the end in the royal content of Persona Five earlier in 2021 i was playing along with the book club i was enjoying myself with the boys got a little busy um but no big deal i got pretty far in the game i was very happy with myself and then something happened a terrible thing happened i was sitting in my room one day and i was i was doing something else on my computer and i think i was playing my switch um but i tend to leave my uh my playstation 4 on rest mode and things like that and there was a storm, and something happened, and my hard drive emitted a smell that I've never smelled before. And much to my horror, when I got a little curious, I discovered that the hard drive that I had attached to my PS4 was melting. So every save file for every PS4 game I have played for the last like six years or so completely gone so i had a i had 120 hours into persona 5 royal you know how many i have now 112 more so like i said trey we are not the same because i had to replay this game from the fucking beginning ah! i wouldn't have done so that I, I would have just I'd have called it. No, guys, my, no. my hard drive just melted. Here's the picture. I quit. I'm just gonna look up the look, ending. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I, like my original one was this little little plain black Western digital, um, mm -hmm. and now I have this like fancy like super cool like red like etched gamer version. I've um, seen the I've seen cool. the new one. Yeah, it's yeah. a slick one. Uh, yeah, God, God. But, but, but 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 yeah, so. So I went on I went on vacation for about five days and uh, I've been playing catch up on that the entire time. I played Persona Five for twenty hours straight uh, at one stretch during this vacation, um, which is you know don't get me wrong I'm enjoying the game it's still fun I made a few different decisions than I did the first time around because I had kind of learned how to streamline it so it's going a lot smoother. Um, I can beat pal I can get palaces to the point where it's the boss battle in in one day as long as I I'm smart with my resources and and that sort of thing. But I I'm, I'm finally getting to the home stretch and I will finish the game. But by the end of this gameplay, by the end of this gameplay, I will have put almost 280 hours into Persona Five Royal 
for two playthroughs that are not new game plus. Um, but I am a stubborn mother trucker because I, when I joined the book club, I said I was going to beat these games. That's right. All of them. And I am going to beat all of them because I beat Ryza and I beat three houses. I beat Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. I'm, I'm going to get them all. You don't have to beat Persona Royal. I'm a Pokemon master. I'm going to get them all. Very debatable. <laughs> Very debatable. I, you only beat Blue. You're not a Pokemon master. <laughs> True, but rude. Absolutely. <laughs> Un- you're out of line, Unadulterated but you're right. rudeness. <laughs> I was thinking of that gift, too. <laughs> that, I, that gift has so much potential use in every conversation. I absolutely love it. It does. Um, I haven't gotten back to Battle Chasers Night War. Um, I need to. I need to go back to that. But I just I just want to finish 13 so bad. I want to get it mm-hmm. off the plate. I just want to be done with it. I I know I I'm right there at the, the end of it. And I want to start 8. That's what I really want. I want you to start it so you can tell me your thoughts on it. Because I, like, it's I really a garbage want. heap to me. It's yeah. it's like I, and I I'm this grudge is strong to this day. I'm clearly a Taurus, according to my coworker, because I'm stubborn and I hold a grudge. And uh, those are not wrong observations of me. I can't I can't decide if it's stubbornness or competitiveness because, like, I kind of don't care to a certain degree. Like I'll get to it eventually. But you throw okay. a bet at me, or you you talk enough shit to me. And I'm all in. I will commit every free moment to that thing. I'm essentially Marty McFly when he gets called chicken in Back to the Future. Yeah. Like he has no he has no mental capacity to not be like triggered in that moment. He also and, has no uh, mental capacity. He's not really uh he's not really too bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not he's not a smart kid. I mean, if he had to go back to the future three times, he didn't get right the first time. <laughs> That's such a good series. I watched that for the first time last year, the whole trilogy. It really? really good. I really appreciated it. Yeah. It's it is a it is both a product of its time and a unique experience that I think is enjoyable to multiple generations. I think it's just fun too. It was, it was. Like Yeah. Like I know plenty of people, like I have friends that can kind of like nitpick movies, which I'm always kind of like, come on, do we all hate fun here? Like what's going on? Um yeah. But I just enjoy it for what it is. And it's kind of wild to me to realize that uh, Christopher Lloyd was actually young. Like, pretty pretty young during those movies. Like, it looks like he's the older guy. But, I mean, he's pretty old now. Like, he's, been, he's still doing movies. Oh, Christopher Lloyd is Doc, right? Yeah, Doc Brown. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's still doing movies, you know. It's, yeah. That movie was made in the 80s. A man's so, old. But just like uh, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, he was old back then when he was doing movies. And that motherfucker's ancient. I, Eldritch I Horror. Guys... Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Eldritch Horror. No, Eldritch <laughs> Horror is Keanu Reeves. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. He's Dracula. Uh, whatever it is. Or uh, That'd be a better Portrait description. Portrait of Dorian Gray. Portrait of Ooh. Dorian Gray is, is, is a good one, too. Um, yeah. Clearly, we're we're literary gentlemen at this podcast. We, we but... are. Wow. Well read across the board. It's not just Doshans. <laughs> we also read Dracula. <laughs> uh, the uh, the uh, I have the uh, Junji Ito 
versions of uh, Frank, uh, Frankenstein. Oh, and, yeah, I've uh, seen those. Yeah, I read it, and I, I was amazed. I was like, I went out and got the novel because I was, I was like, is this really what the story is? Like, there's more to it than I thought. Like, I'm so adjusted to, like, uh, old school uh, Frankenstein representation from, like, the Hammer horror film. No, not Hammer horror films, but the uh, um, Universal. Universal, Universal. Films. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just like the main movie was just about the monster and the villagers and, and things like that. But the original novel has a lot more about like the creator and the monster and then trying to create another like artificial human for him to to partner with. And the and the monster is a lot more intelligent than in like he's not just like, you know, kind of thing. He eventually if I uh, like forgive me, I've been doing a lot of manga reading lately, so I'm like kind of a little bit. Like I also read, I also read a chapter of a manga that made me drop it outright finally, and then I have been reading other fun fluffy stuff. So like I'm trying to remember all the details, but um, but yeah, there's a lot more details in the Frank, Frankenstein uh, novel. So I went out and read it, and I liked it a lot. Uh, there's also uh, Junji Ito did an adaptation of No Longer Human by Osamu Dazai, and it's uh. I think you've talked about that one. That one, that's yeah. one that like kind of dives into human psyche or something or the human. Yeah. State. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of semi autobiographical about the, about the author, but it definitely goes into kind of like just inability to connect socially and things like this, but it's really well drawn and it kind of draws horror into it. And like some of the weird visions that somebody can have in that, in that state. It's really fun. I enjoy it. Um, but yes, we are well read. That is the end result of that discussion. Um, oh yeah but what have you been watching have you watched anything i mean you've been busy i have not i've been listening to more audiobooks than anything else i finished the first volume of bakemonogatari and uh that was wild um an emotional roller coaster if anything mm, yeah i absolutely. uh those books are it's cool I wasn't ready for that. So I am ready for, or I am now I know what to prepare for. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what else? I got another audiobook, and I'm, I started overlord and I realized that audiobooks are the way I have to digest my isekais. Like this just makes, (laughs) I don't have to visually deal with anything. This is it. I can, I can just kind of tune out the isekai shit and I can just kind of tune back in whenever they're done being isekai powerhouses. But I uh, I started Overlord. That one's going really well. Voiced by um, the voice actor for Ein Zau Ghoul or Ein Zau Gaun. I don't know how to say his name. But uh, Mamon, whatever. The main guy voices it. It's beautiful. His voice yeah. is butter. Super nice. <laughs> butter. Butter. <laughs> and then... Oh my God. <laughs> Like he does these scenes, like these things where he's talking albedo. He's like albedo, and it's it's so nice. But uh, I also finished another Isekai series, um, a light novel, and that one was fun. It was called Magical Prince, Magical Princess, Demon Queen. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Yeah, you um, should because that doesn't really clear it up. I know. So while you're while you're looking it up, like. In your experience, like, do you feel like the uh, the enjoyment of the series and the characters and the story is different from when you watch it in an anime form? Yes. Who wholly different, 
holy with a w h wholly different so like just to make that clarification shut the fuck anyway so i watched uh <laughs> i love so that like, you're having this argument by yourself you're just like shut the fuck i don't even say anything what's happening uh anyways yeah no guys so i watched uh <laughs> or not watched so i listened to sword art online as they're coming out mm-hmm. and like one thing i really hate about that is how haremish it is even though i'm like i, I enjoy harems it's it was too much and it was real weird to a degree, but listening to it, I, I developed an appreciation for it. Like it kind of, the first volume was him and Asuna getting together. The second Mm -hmm. volume was his, his trek through the world and how he impacted all these different girls lives. And it wasn't quite harem. It was more, Mm -hmm. Hey, looks like Kirito has an impact in these lives and they're not following him around to be his next game mate or whatever it's not as Mm -hmm. weird as it is in the anime and then in overlord right now is really where i'm seeing the impact because you only get a couple episodes in the first season to really see what's going on with um mamongo mamogo i don't remember his name the the skull dude the skull dude um you kind of get the only an episode or so before shit really kicks off but it's really heartfelt whenever he's getting ready for his ship to sink and this world turn into his new reality because all his friends are gone. All uh, mm-hmm. all his guildmates are disappearing. I was really sad for him. And it it's just a little bit more well elaborated in these light novel audiobooks mm-hmm. than it is in the anime. Or at least I, I felt like it was. Um, and maybe I'm just paying more attention because I'm, I'm working and I can listen, but... Mm-hmm. I I can visualize it and I can control it myself, I guess. That that may also play a factor, but it's I think it's more up to the imagination, I guess is what I could yeah. say. Yeah, I think that light novels do have the opportunity to elevate a property to a position of better emotional understanding. Um one of my one of my favorite series of all time, as we've talked about on this podcast way back when, um, is Full Metal Panic. But Full Metal Panic started out as a light novel series, and uh, it's actually really cool because uh, you know Tokyo Pop originally licensed the light novels and actually released about like three volumes, which covers about the first season of the anime. Well, J Novel Club is now releasing like these really high quality uh, uh, hardback versions, like omnibuses of the light novel. Ah, that's cool. So I'm going back through it again, and I forgot how much you get a better insight into how Sosuke and Kaname actually think as people. Mm -hmm. And it does great. It does a great job of highlighting action scenes and sharing information in detail about Mecha and how it's associated with the military and how they think in a military situation. Um, so it really kind of adds a certain edge to the, to the story. It's definitely, you know, Japanese light novel, like kind of hijinksy at times, but then it really kind of dips into some, to some occasional, you know, in-depth military talk. Like it ain't Tom Clancy, but it's not exactly like watching an anime about the inner thoughts of a military member. Um, you know, it's, it's just really it's i don't know it sells it sells the series in a different way 
and I think they they have their value. I don't think every fan of anime will enjoy light novels, yeah. but I do think I do think it's it's a it is a, a genre in the same bubble that at least is I think everybody should give a try. And and then you have things like where like well some of these light novels are written terribly. Some of them are much better. You know, I got a couple light novels over the Christmas break um, to read. And I, uh, I'm not going to read them because I thought they were going to be picture books, like mangas. And uh, there was not pictures, bunch of words. Very disappointed. <laughs> I don't know if I've said this before on the show, but I was like, ah, man, I'll just go ahead and keep reading Dragon Ball Z. And so that's really? kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, because I, I just Do I'd you... rather something more stimulating. Oh, so you prefer an audiobook kind of inter- uh, interaction, well, huh? I'd prefer that while it stimulates my. I guess my thinking part while my hands can work. And then if I'm just sitting, not doing anything, I can read a manga and just kind of scroll through my book. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all my Dragon Ball Z books on Google play. And so that's going pretty well. I'm on like seven, like volume seven. It's wild. It's yeah. wild to actually see the experience, the difference in experience. Like, so for me, like experiencing manga digitally is fine. As you know, I read a lot of manga and it does help when I'm on the go. But viscerally, I hands down prefer an actual physical experience and like really kind of getting comfy on the couch and reading my manga. As a matter of fact, it it encourages me to reread series on occasion just because I love actually reading that book. And the thing is, is it's I've, I've actually long thought this. We have been training a younger generation like your generation to be constantly kind of like doing your stuff on the go um this kind of like draws back to that whole thing of like you're a, you you have that ability like i don't know if it's multi it's just multitasking ability to do different things while you do another thing and i i can't do it i i think the closest i got the closest i got was i figured out the watching anime dubbed while playing a game thing it only applies to shonen anime yeah because that's pretty easy to tune out yeah, like honestly, half of an episode of a shonen anime is usually like a battle or something that you can kind of like halfway look at, and, and, because otherwise you're just gonna hear ching ching ching, huh, 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 you know that sort of thing. It's it, it's kind of not something you have to like fully commit to. But if yeah. I was like say watching a show like uh, oh what's a what's a good one like Dungan Ropa or. Uh, there's all kinds of different, like very detailed talking. Co, uh, co, uh, co guys, Lelouch the Rebellion. Yeah, uh, that one you you have to listen. Those bitches talk through the whole dang thing. They explain everything they're doing. Um, so yeah, it, I think mileage may vary, kind of thing. But I I'm just not my brain isn't wired that way. I can't multitask that way. Um. So I envy you, but I also am like sad that you don't kind of have as much of the you you're not like awarded that time in your life to like sit there and open a book and just sit on your couch and read that book. I don't like, I was it to myself. I don't let myself have downtime either. If it's uh if I can if I have downtime, I don't know what I'm doing. It's a uh, no no, I don't have downtime. And so I'm I'm off trying to find something to do. It's uh I get it. It's bad. Oh, so I found that the other audiobook, it's mm-hmm. Demon Princess Magical Chaos, and it's an isekai, and it's a it's a light novel from J.J. Pavlov, 
and this was wild so it's this uh <laughs> wild i mean i mean wild it's this Why? girl that gets brought into this magical world as a demon queen's daughter and she's this creature called a chaos, a crawling chaos but they don't say chaos it's spelled chaos but they pronounce it cows and so every time she says chaos it's cows and it's awful that's or that's that's really my only complaint Look, you're actually hurting me by saying that yeah. that way. It's it's like I'm like, Ugh. no, I had a seizure the first time, and I was like, oh god, <laughs> all right. And then she did it again, and I was like, oh god, please not again. <laughs> and so it kept going. She builds. Uh, so th- this is a uh, she, she's a, a lesbian um, blob, is what it is. So she she was uh, very interested in women as a as a female in the human world. She's isekai Now she's this amorphous creature who turns into a woman so she can do what she wants. She builds this harem of dark elves. And I was like, okay, neat. She finds this one with a crab claw. And I was like, okay, <laughs> neat. And then there was a whole sex scene <laughs> with uh, <laughs> between these two. <laughs> And I was like, oh, <laughs> so she became a tentacle monster for she one. Did. She did. She became a Absolutely. tentacle monster with the crab claw dark elf. And I, I had to sit down and I was I was like, I don't. How did I get here? What is what is happening? So, what so is what you found it, you, you found you found uh, uh, what was uh, old world referred to as a lemon. A lemon. It is. A lemon, yeah. So this is back in the day, like on the internet, that people would write fan fiction for like specific anime series and stuff like that. And uh, if it if it contained basically hentai, it was called a lemon. And uh, so so you found you found essentially what is the like anime light novel version of uh, Laurel K Hamilton, where just like and again monster girls, all up in your business, even in your novels. I hate. I don't know how I get here, but it's, every time, I just need to. Yeah, I, I need. I need a reset, a hard reset, and I don't know what I got to do. Find something wholesome, and or I, I, it's just a shonen. I need to just watch a good shonen and get me off this because it, it's. Just <laughs> you got off all right. Oh no, I didn't. Oh, uh, no. Apparently, from this, uh, <laughs> from the description of the, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. Anyway, yeah, so you probably shouldn't. What are you watching? So, much to my sadness, I, I, I have been in a bit of an anime slump. Uh, I was, I think Daryl and I were talking about this this morning. Is, uh, you know, he's he's experiencing this anime renaissance. Like he's watching more anime than he's watched ever, of all varying different genres and types. And uh, I've been in an anime slump, but I think it's over. I think it's over because I finally broke down and stopped being really uh you know snooty and i watched what it what has actually been released of demon slayer's uh new season yes. i didn't rewatch the mugen train uh arc in it's like episodic format i just went ahead and started from the entertainment district arc so they gave me six episodes but man man does that show consistently deliver some good ass comedy Mixed with some good ass action, so while their while their studio may have been hit for tax evasion and been fined out the ass, they're still making some good 
ass animated action because the the new demon slayer entertainment district arc is really awesome you learn some cool plot points i'm not going to share them because apparently my tired ass just dropped spoilers in the chat last night thank you for deleting those by the way I had to get in there uh, and clean house <laughs> but it, it's it got me it got me so hyped like it's been a while since i like it because it wasn't just the action it was like the story and kind of like just like the animation of it so it's making me want like I, I have that that kind of visceral desire to go out and grab something like i want to go through my Crunchyroll, my funimation and find that thing that catches my eye and currently that appears to believe police in the pod and uh uh i'm gonna watch attack on titan i am gonna do it um yes i am i'm going to push my way through it um yes I'm going to see if I was just feeling grumpy or depressed or whatever it was when I watched the first time around. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can I can watch the show and find find my way into it because it is it is a cultural phenomenon. Like I remember season 1 when it was coming out. I mean I remember friends of mine that had never heard the word anime were coming up to me being like, "Hey, have you heard of this thing called anime? Have you seen <laughs> Attack on Titan? That shit is dope." It's like, "What?" I've been telling you about it forever. Like that's so very, insulting. Very hipster of you. Very <laughs> yeah, it hipster. Is I was into it way before it was cool, but it's true. <laughs> it's also it's also really hipster of me. Um I need to get like I need to get something to curl my mustache hairs or something like that. I don't know. And how a beanie do that, actually. Uh there you yeah, go. Well, let's stop. Let's stop. I'm just getting hurt now. Yeah. Um but yeah, oh, I'm gonna I got some I got some things I wanna grab with my hands and just really get into and demon slayer kind of reignited that in me. Cause I don't know, like, I don't know if it was last season. There were things that sounded interesting. We talked about it, but I just really couldn't stick to anything. Like even fruit of evolution, which is the dumbest shit on the planet. And I like dumb shit. Like it's just the truth. I, I stopped watching that too. It's I, and Oh, there is one other series that I did start. I, this is the new new season started. I had to watch it. And that is uh, Dress Up Darling. Or uh, was it Sono Bisque? Sono no Bisque. So tired of seeing that girl's face. So tired. You know what? Her face is really? everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like what on Twitter? Ev- anything. I, I wipe my ass and her face is on the toilet paper. Look. Her look. face is everywhere. Look, I, I definitely understand the waifu kind of like, you know, potential there. And the animation is done really well. It's Cloverworks. It's good quality. Um, I really hope that everybody reaches the same conclusion I have about the series. See, I read the manga and the manga is amazing. I've been reading it for a while now, like a couple years or so. And uh, what everybody thinks this show is about, it's not. And that's the thing that kind of like and the problem is that you don't really realize that until you're further in into the series. Yeah. Um this series the series is not about the girl. It's about the guy. And I love that about it. And I'm not going to go into deep detail about it because it, this is a new fresh anime version of it. Like this thing, some people just watch anime, so I don't really want to get too spoilery, but yeah, sure. They're going to tout out the uh, the girl on all the, the, the PVs and the, the in the previews. 
and everything. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, new waifu, hooray. But this series is about the main male character. And he and her, by extension, are probably the most realistic and enjoyable main characters I've seen in manga and anime in a long time. And without spoiling anything, it's just because their reactions are natural. Like, uh, even her. Like, there, there are certain tropes that play out in these kind of, like, rom-coms and things like that, and it doesn't this time around. So I'll leave it at that. I'll say, watch the show. It's, it, it Get excited to see what I'm talking about because it is worth every bit of time you put into it. Like, I, it's like my heart is full after watching and reading, or sorry, in reading that series. I've watched the first episode. Solid start. Ready for more. Absolutely on board for more. Good deal. But yeah, that's, that's what I've watched. Pretty good. That's bounce. what I've watched. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll take that and we'll uh, we'll go ahead and work our way into the uh, meat and potatoes, as it were. That's right. So, what we have today is a special kind of episode. Um, it's not a. I don't know what to call it. We're not. It's going to be labeled a versus, but we're not necessarily saying. One is better than the other, although I'm probably going to. Um, but we're just kind of doing comparisons on mm-hmm. two different kinds of music anime that are kind of based on kids in the same grade that kind of take different routes and kind of elaborate on different stories. Um, we're just going to kind of talk about them, draw conclusions, elaborate on stories and how we felt about them overall. Yep. Um, as far as we can you make it sound so smart. I I hope to. I try to. It's a it's a lot of this vocabulary I use. I say a lot of things. I don't know what I'm saying half the time. And if you just let me ramble, we're gonna go somewhere I don't want to go. <laughs> so okay. So so what's so which two series are we comparing today? Monster Masume and uh, no. It's always it's always <laughs> Monster. Masume. It's always Monster Masume. No, it's a uh, Kon. And Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad, both of which are high school-oriented music rock band animes. Um, Kids that, or main kids, that find their love for music and kind of let their way flourish as as it goes. Um, Although it kind of takes two different routes. Um, You kind of see one take the American dream, and you see one kind of take the... uh, cozy japanese dream i guess you could say i'm not really sure um but we'll talk about it as we go uh steven you got any kind of opening thoughts before i get into the generic descriptions of the show yeah uh, so kaon and beck mongolian chop squad are both music animes that are good quality um i definitely want to like kind of accentuate that going in is uh they're both good shows they're well animated uh they got great musical accompaniment like a good music direction on each of them though from differing like viewpoints in the genre like i, I feel like kaon is you know we'll, we'll get into that but the music direction is fantastic um and i th- I think that they both have their strengths i think they both have their weaknesses um i'm excited to get into it but don't walk away from this this comparison and thinking that one is worse than the other. I think what it really comes down to is we're going to kind of find out which one you're going to like more. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, which uh, just kind of lay it bare, you know, which, uh, which one you're going to decide. 
<laughs> you are you're gonna put me on the spot right at the beginning absolutely yeah um beck beck mongolian chop squad hands down is my superior choice of series and a lot of that has to do with my own personal experience in being a musician um and how the series actually portrayed that and it, it, the the re the reason for that is like i think keon's a great show i really do i i enjoy it it's fun it's funny it's cute there's so many things to enjoy about it on the, from like my otaku side, but the musician side of me like connects with Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, uh, so it will be my my choice in this matter. That's a uh, that's where I'm going to lie to. Uh, Beck just went so hard, um, and that could just be the little boy dreaming in me, because everyone has those dreams at some point. You know, you you listen to music, you, or I say everyone. I don't want to say that, but you know, a lot of people get that fever dream of, man, you know, wouldn't it be cool to be in a band? Wouldn't it be cool to do this and be a musician? And um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he he actually makes it. He he works his way through. He finds a talent and everything. And, you know, it's, it's really aspiring to see that kind of underdog story because he goes through some shit to get up there. Uh, and... Koyuki? Yes, Koyuki. Yeah, um, he really goes through it and gets it done, and it's just it's kind of inspiring. Like, you know, don't don't give up on your dreams. You know, usual shonen mm-hmm. boy shit. But it was a really nice, and Kon has its pluses too. Kon is a little bit more friendship oriented, um, from mm-hmm. what I could find. I, the bonds that the girls have in Kon cannot be rivaled by Beck. Um, if if I was to go out to lunch with either set. I would want to go out to lunch with the, the group from K-On because at least it's it's going to be like a fun time. It's not going to be uh, at least the the main guy hating everyone and you know something something angsty maybe happening, but it's uh they they definitely both have their pros and cons. But Beck is definitely mm-hmm. going to be my my pick from what I watched. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and kind of read us some descriptions on what each one are. So. K-On! from Kyoto Animation, uh, also known for Clanad. That's how I say it. Clanad. Clanad. Uh, Violet Evergarden and Free, the swimming anime. Uh, K-On! is about five high school girls who become friends through the light music club. Yui, the lead guitarist. Sumugi, the keyboardist. Mio, the bassist. And Azusa, the rhythm guitarist. And Ritsu, the drummer. K-On! is the story of five aspiring musicians and their journey through high school together. Freshman Yui Hirasawa was just start, or has just started her high school life and decides to join the Light Music Club alongside three other new members. Um, Yui has a, a real fun intro into the uh, end of the group. She kind of has to pick a group that she's going to join and she, she just doesn't know what's going to happen. And while while all this struggling for her is going on, you you get to see happening on a parallel. Mio and Ritsu are both. Oh my God, we're gonna we're gonna get shut down if we don't find us a final person. Or those two in Sumugi, 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 Mugi. I think that's how you say it. Whatever. They're, just uh, go with Mugi. I had fun watching you butcher that, but it was. Uh, just go I'm with pretty Mugi. sure they said Mugi in the show. Like I don't think they said yeah, they, Sue. They they basically shorten her name to Moogie. Yeah, she's the she's the eyebrow girl. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, her eyebrows were hella thick. I love her eyebrows. I think they make I think they make some comments on it in the show, if I recall correctly. And it's just it's so endearing. Look at her eyebrow girl. I'm so proud and of her. So they uh they end up bringing um after some shenanigans they end up bringing yui in and they find that she doesn't really have any talent for the guitar um it gets real embarrassing mm. until she works hard at it and she ends up making it happen she does have some talent after a bit um it was pretty good to see her just uh kind of flourish after like a midpoint in the first season um Let's see. Next up, I'm scrolling down. I have a, I'm working through a word doc that I kind of got typed up. Uh, Beck, Fort or Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad from Madhouse, known for Death Note, Black Lagoon, Hunter Cross Hunter, and season one of One Punch Man. They have a really diverse, uh, diverse catalog there. Madhouse has done a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, I was trying to pick the some oldies and goodies but they did have a lot so 14 year old Yu-Gi-Oh! koyuki uh, tanaka is a dispirited young boy with no goals in life however this all changes when koyuki saves a strange looking dog named beck from being harassed by a group of local dogs the dog uh, the dog's owner 16 year old ryusuke rei minami is an emerging guitarist and the former member of a popular rock band after Koyuki meets Ray again in a diner, the older boy leads him to a former band's meeting place and dazzles Koyuki with his amazing guitar skills. Slowly becoming interested in the glamour of Western rock culture, Koyuki decides to start playing the guitar while helping Ray achieve his dreams of leading the ultimate rock band. Together with Ray's younger sister, Maho, and a few other members, the two boys launch their career into the world of rock by forming a band called Beck. Beck follows the group's struggles and successes as they spread their farm or fame across Japan. <laughs> that's right. Um, Get to work on that farm. That's how it's oh god. All I can think of is filthy Frank references. Oh, uh, no, yeah. Let's not oh, do god. that. No, no, not filthy Frank. So it's uh that was a really good description of just kind of how it started. That was a little bit more in depth. Um, that was, that was pretty much it. Um, but there is a, a little bit more tumultuous events happening within Beck. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not as cookie cutter as that made it sound. It made it sound like, Hey, I met a guitarist. We joined a band success. There's a lot. Absolutely. Of, uh, there's a lot of shit happening in Beck. A lot of uh, emotions. I mean, they're, they're all teenagers, you know? So it's, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah, as I recall, uh, I think uh, Koyuki um, is like 13 or 14, and then Ryusuke, or Rei, in this case, is uh, is 16. Mm-hmm. So yes, they're sir. they're all still relatively young. They, oh, man, they always got to make these these protagonists young, but uh, but they do yeah. they do reach an adult age pretty quick. So yeah, and they work hard. So. I kind of have a breakdown of the episodes here. I'm going to kind of just blitz through them and kind of uh, yeah. kind of see where we're blitz at. Blitz away, uh, my friend. Blitzing. Blitzing commencing. Oh, I did want to go through the cast of each one. Um, I don't seem to have saved the one from uh, Beck, unfortunately. Um, what? I'm disappointed what because you? most of that yeah. cast is the cast from Yu Yu Hakusho. 
Um, like the guy <laughs> with the guy with the afro is Justin Cook, uh, Yusuke, and also like the producer for half the anime in the world. So he, uh, yeah, I, I was pretty excited to see him or hear him. He it just Yusuke's voice, and there was like, yeah, uh, Justin Cook voiced Chi, uh, Chiba Tsunemi, the uh, Chiba, the yeah. afro. The Afro wearing uh like rapper for their songs. That's that's what he rapped, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the cast for K-On had they had a pretty stellar cast. Most of their American casting was girls from the Sailor Moon series. Um, so Mio was Sailor Mars, the uh ever wonderful Christina Valenzuela. Man, uh, I fucked with it. Ritsu is cassandra lee morris who is morgana from persona 5 small little indie title don't know if you've heard of it mm. uh sumugi is <laughs> Shall... are you shaking your head you never heard of persona 5 I, yeah I, I don't know what is this game you're talking about like i'm i'm not into indies man it's only triple a or death it's call of duty only call of duty persona 5 god damn <laughs> it hurts um, so, I don't hate so, Call of Duty. I just like fuck, man. All right. Anyway, sorry. It's all good. So Samugi is Shelby Lindley, who is Hitomi from Puella Magi Madoka. I don't really mm-hmm. know about that show. Um, you Trey, mean, Trey, you oh, haven't watched Madoka Magica? I have not. I am behind man. on my Magical Girl shows. Oh, okay. Look, I want you to know. That Madoka Magica started a trend in Magical Girl anime. And I will say nothing else, but watch that show. Okay. It's a fucking ride. It is a fucking wild ride. You need to watch it. It's so good. Okay. Uh, huh. Yui is voiced by Stephanie Shea uh, Usagi from Sailor Moon. And Sawako, who is the teacher is voiced by Karen Strassman, who is Rogue the Bat in Sonic the Hedgehog. And I was like, that is a, <laughs> this is a wild cast to have. Um, Isn't that Rouge the Bat? Is it pronounced Rouge? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be French. Rouge. Mm, she doesn't have a French accent. Uh, she's got a French look. You're not wrong. Okay. You're that that wrong. makes me sound remarkably funny. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about this afterwards. You know how I <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no. So no, I'm probably no. going to give you a swirly whenever we're done here. Uh, damn it. Not again. I thought I was this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, moving on. So season uh, one. Here, here just... let me. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. Let me, hit, let me hit you with some facts. Some facts. Please. Um. So, uh, the character of Koyuki in Beck Mongolian Chop Squad uh, was voiced by Greg Ayers. Uh, he was well known for being a part of like Chrono Crusade and Haikyuu or in High Host Club. Um, he's a he's he's got a long list. I know of, that uh, name from something. I've seen that name recently. I think, I, uh, unfortunately, it's because he passed away. He's Frieza. Uh, yeah, he's. he's or is uh, oh, Frieza's sorry. I think brother? it's no. It's Frieza's brother. Uh, yeah, because oh, Fre- uh, Christopher Ayers is the one that passed away recently. 
Yeah. And he's yeah. No, he's known as the voice of Frieza from Dragon Ball Z Kai. Yeah. Um, Shame. So, yeah, but his his brother, uh, he's been part of ADV's, uh, like, dub cast for, like, a long time. I mean, all the way back to 1998. Hmm. Like he's okay. he's been doing voice acting since 1998, and he's yeah he's still doing stuff. But uh, Ryusuke is voiced by Eric Vale, who is uh, mostly known for Yuki Soma in Fruits Baskets and uh, America and Canada from uh, Italia. Oh, it's uh, yeah Italian. He uh, he's Sanji. He's Sanji in One Piece. Um, He's Tomura Shigaraki in My Hero Academia, and of course the oh so beloved Trunks in Dragon Ball. Yes, so. yes, I knew. I, it. I knew. I knew, I knew you were there. waiting for that. That's why I saved it for last. I was like, uh, he's Dragon Ball. I know he's Dragon Ball. Yeah, uh, he. Uh, there's also Maho, who's voiced by uh, Brina Palencia, who is known for good lord uh, tony tony chopper in one piece um minetta in my hero academia <laughs> that's a hell of a credit um even black cat and uh just he she's been in a lot of stuff uh she's actually been on like cw series and uh, uh she voiced mad moxie in the borderland series Man, she's got quite the credit to her name. Kudos to her. And we already talked about Justin Cook voicing Chiba Tsunemi. Tyra Yoshiyuki as uh, by Jerry Jewell in the English dub. He is known for Kyo Soma in Fruits Basket. Ah, Jimmy Kudo in Case Closed. And uh, yeah, he's he's got a pretty good one too. Um, who I didn't realize got, uh, the Fruits Basket gang went on to do uh, one piece like this. That's a uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, the only other character I will drop in here is Saku. So Yuji Sakurai Saku from Beck uh, Mongolian Chaos Squad is voiced by Johnny Young Bosch, which everybody who knows anything about anime uh, dubbing in the U.S. or English speaking areas knows this name. Uh, he has such an extensive list of roles that it actually has its own section. Holy moly. Yeah. John he voiced Bosch? Kane- yeah. He, he voiced Kaneda in the pioneer dub of, of Akira. He, uh, he was Vash the Stampede in Trigun. Um, good Lord. Look at, look at this resume. Ooh. <laughs> You sound Look at so him. impressed. I for am our, impressed. For our audio just, listeners, Steven looks very I, impressed. I, I haven't even pulled ma- my shorts down yet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Gurren Lagan, Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Bleach. He's Ichigo in Bleach. Oh, um, not He's in Naruto. He is in Full Metal Alchemist. He is, Who's he in Naruto? Uh, he is uh, Genma Shiranui. Um. Genma. He was part of he was he was freaking part of Do Ra Ra Ra, uh Persona 4, the animation, Blue Exorcist, Pokemon Origins, Fate Zero, uh Toradora, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, if that rings a bell. Um Sailor Moon, Ajin, uh Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, 
Be the Beginning, Devil May Cry Baby, Pop Team Epic, Violet Evergarden. All right, this Jeez. is a this is quite yeah, a is... job. Yeah, so we can, yeah, uh... absolutely. Sorry, I get excited. <laughs> I apologize. I love this man's work. I've been following it for a long time. So yeah, no, he's a... anyways. That's the general Look. cast of main characters in Beck's Mongolian Chop Squad. So. No, thanks for covering that. That's a I could have sw- and maybe there was extra credits. I, I looked at somewhere, or maybe I looked at the wrong casting, but I could have swore there was somewhere else I saw Yu Hakusho besides uh, Look, Justin Cook. But I could I could have been looking at a different cast. Uh, I mean, at this point, John Young Bosch could have been in everything. <laughs> yeah, it could have been him. Uh, but yeah, no, so, the cast the cast of both of these are solid. We got some good veterans in the in the uh, market on it so good stuff now you're, you're getting into episode kind of coverage I, right i am so i'm going to run through season one of k-on and then halfway through beck american chop squad today is what we're going to kind of do uh, we're, we're probably going to be splitting this up into two episodes today um because there's a lot to cover uh with these two mm-hmm. guys um yeah. so just to kind of go through it and we'll just kind of talk on it as we uh as we i guess have memories so, mm-hmm. without further ado, K on season one, episode oh, one. Yui, the guitarist in a world. So, no, episode one. See, Yui passes to senior school and decides into what club to enter. She comes in musical, but not able to play, but wait, but not able to play the not one instrument wow this is some awful google translate <laughs> stuff you are reading off of something <laughs> on your screen but it is not good whatever it is it is a bad experience hang Look, on you e to senior school and decides into what club to enter she comes in musical but not able to play the not one instrument that's awful i don't even know that that's just her not able to join the music club because she sucks. That's awful. Everything else looks okay. No, no, it do- it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. Of course, it, it does. Worse. Basically, Yui uh, gets into high school and has to decide a club to join, and she decides to join the light music club. She's very energetic. She's very airheaded. She, but she's motivated, and she has a she has the ability to kind of like pick things up pretty quickly. She gets very focused. She's such a, a unique, quirky and kind of fun character. She's kind of fashionable, you know, very much a, like a girl's girl, but like very inquisitive and, and enjoyable. She joins the light music club and basically rolls in with no knowledge whatsoever of how to play an instrument. She actually thought it was for people who enjoyed music and uh, it finds out that no, they're supposed to make music. Um, and if I recall correctly, Ritsu is her, like her friend that she just knows. I, I think it's Sumugi or, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Ritsu and Neo are both friends. Yeah. They're the ones that know each other since grade school. And And actually, yeah, actually no instruments. Like they actually, they actually play. play. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're funny because they, they, they try so hard to actually make music and Samugi is the keyboardist and she's okay doing what she does, but the, everyone else gets so frustrated with Yui because she's awful. And she is, after, she's terrible. Uh, after episode one, they realize she, she can't play. So they have to get her a guitar 
and like they spend the next episode or two trying to get her a guitar so she can actually play and it's uh mm-hmm. it, it's just shenanigans just trying to get her to do stuff because <laughs> she they, they're all doing like side jobs in the city and yui is the only one that won't do the jobs like they're they're doing traffic like she's direction. so incapable it's so it's incapable awful. Yeah, uh, like high schoolers could be uh, hired as like uh, traffic directing uh, construction workers to make some side money. They could work in convenience stores, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, though in some schools they're not supposed to. And then, excuse me. So Yui, she's just—I mean, apart from being the main girl of the group, she's also the problem character. Apart from that, there's no mm-hmm. real villain apart from her. So after that, she's about to fail a test. <laughs> if she fails this test, the music club will be closed. So she, they end up doing this big study thon, and they figure ways to help her memorize things because she's stupid. And so she, uh, she passes this test. Yay! The music club stays open. I think this is also where they meet her sister, who is the smart, responsible younger sister. And, right, uh, they kind of they they kind of like show her at the very beginning of the series where Yui is like late to school, won't wake up, and the little sister is kind of yelling from the other room, or like comes in to wake her up, and like she seems to be like this background character. Yeah, um, yeah, only for only for the beginning part because she she kind of works her way into the main story. After a while, yeah. she everyone's dependent on her. Yui Yui especially um after that they we have the first beach episode um that goes on and it's uh, i forgot i forgot it's it's okay and then the girls write their first song and they they go to a performance for a festival it's okay Mm -hmm. they just have trouble writing a song teamwork how are we going to do this ladies all right all in on on one and hokugo tea time right is Maybe. the name of the band? Yeah, it's Hokuko Tea Time. And if I recall correctly, the, the first festival uh, show is like actually a huge success. They had like the costumes and everything thanks to Sawako. Yeah, she um, really dresses. Oh, we didn't even talk about her. Uh, yeah, like she, I, I love there's an entire episode devoted to her backstory as a like, m- like metal singer because of uh, like an ex-boyfriend and things like that like she has the whole makeup and outfit thing and that's why she's and she's really into the outfits so they do this like festival show and sawako gives them gives them um gives them uh, clearly i've been drinking um gives them their outfits and it it goes off really well but then uh mio accidentally ends up flashing the audience with her uh with her underwear which is uh is the the infamous shima pot the the stretch panties which i i love okay so so there's a this scene is actually really funny to me because they don't actually show the characters panties they just show like a screen like the whole screen is covered by the the striped pattern just to imply it it's 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 for a wholesome series it's a wholesome way to show a slightly inappropriate slash lewd moment that would be embarrassing to somebody like mio who has a a deep complex like that's the thing is like i think in a lot of the like cute ways that the show goes forward and shows you the daily lives of these girls and their insecurities that you get that from them like mio is very self-conscious about her lyrics 
Like, if yeah. you, I don't know if you recall, but like she she struggles to actually be confident enough to share her lyrics with the with the group and then actually like sing them. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting that it kind of folds that stuff in. I think, uh, it, frankly, this is this is kind of where I get into the direction and the animation studio. Kyoto Animation has great direction staff um, and writing because I think they do a great job of really folding in social issues um with series that have a lighthearted nature in them um i thought a uh, love chunibyo and other delusions did that really well it was it, it was played out as goofy and kind of like comedic but the things that were happening in there especially towards the end of the series were very serious and like were things that you should pay attention to and i think that still kind of qualifies on on k on here as well though it definitely is a lot more lighthearted than the end of the season of each series of love chunibyo and other delusions oh yeah it's not near as heavy as chunibyo god nothing nothing slaps like that look chunibyo made me outright ball like i uh i wasn't ready and i, I was just in here i think oh. it was a i was on a trip or something i think i had to go to a conference and so i was watching it and uh i got to those last couple episodes and i was like wow what is this going to end on and then it get there got there and i, I called my wife and i was like like season one <laughs> season one there is only one scene in season one that sold me on that show so bad that i will recommend it to everyone every time because it's such an emotional moment and i've talked about it on the podcast before so i won't really retract but like Dekamori is uh is absolutely the selling point oh, of that yeah, entire season. Yeah, her like, breaking down is awful. Her, it hurts. Yeah, her breakdown her breakdown hurts, but is also so viscerally honest. I like I still think about it to this day. Like it's just such a great moment. And I think it resonates because when I was younger and I was very into this hobby. Um I know we're digressing to a certain degree. Um I kind of escaped into that fantasy to a level of like what they're trying to portray in that show. Did you have Chunibyo? I I didn't have Chunibyo, uh, but I basically got so far into anime manga and like that fandom that I became that like really cringe worthy thing where I really didn't want to disassociate from it whenever Mm. I was done with it. I didn't know how to, enjoy this and also enjoy real life it was it was a very kind of like unique time when i was younger um so i really like for me like one of the big things is like i i understand that feeling because i did learn those lessons along the way i learned that moment when i can take my the thing i like like anime and manga and and enjoy it and like really get invested in it but then i also know how to operate and i think in real life like i know how to have social interactions i know how to have a job and and things like that and that kind of like emotional kind of stuff, Kyoto Animation sells really well, both in Chunibyo and in K-On even. It may be a little bit more subtle in K-On, but it's there. Like whether it be, like for instance, uh, we'll get into another character that shows up later in the series named Asusa, and even Yui to a degree. She, she goes through her own transformation as she continues to be a part of the like music club. So 
Anyways, uh, sorry, I got I totally got on my soapbox there uh, in the middle of you explaining basic episode structure. No, no, it's fine. That's good. That's what we're here for. We're people. So, uh, so they do have their first performance, um, and then they have a Christmas episode. Uh, probably one of the nicest Christmas episodes um, I can recall in anime that I've seen. It was really pretty, really, uh, really mm-hmm. sweet. Everyone gave nice gifts. Even the teacher came in because you know you gotta you gotta use your assets and you know justify the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, they get the new participant in the music group, Asuza. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, I think, the rhythm guitarist. I think is what I said earlier. Oh, I don't have her mm-hmm. voice actor up. Um, I must have missed her. Um, so she. I want to say she was real weary on joining the music club at first because she didn't really know how serious these girls were. Some of them are, you know, half of the group is serious. The other half mm-hmm. is Lottie Dottie. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's real funny just seeing how she judges getting in. And eventually she's forced mm-hmm. into the group and her dynamic with everyone is so funny. She's, she's kind of the real real go-getter type and she she's got something to prove as the underclassman of everybody yeah and, uh, I, she was a nice addition i wasn't expecting to enjoy someone new in a season one i mean granted you know it's new but like halfway through they added someone new and i, I really enjoyed her more than i thought i would yeah she uh she's the daughter of jazz musicians if i recall correctly and uh, so she actually has a close connection with actual musical performance and musical skill. So whenever she comes into the club, she views Yui especially as uh, as especially a lazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, I and it's and they also play her up with Mio to be like a sister like situation. Um, so it, the dynamic definitely kind of it adds something to the series. I think I think it pushes it to. Uh, it pushes it to a different dimension because you finally have some somebody in the group that is, don't get me wrong, Ritsu and Mio have been in the like music club for a while, but they're not associated with music outside of their lives the way like Azusa is. And I think that uh, that starts to kind of like evolve the interactions. This is definitely still like cute things going on. Like Azusa gets so mad and then like people just like pat her head and she's like adorable moe blob like kind of like fine you know kind of deals with it um but i think it also propels the girls to try a little harder um yui may be completely lackadaisical and just ridiculous but she is focused and kind of like obsessive in the way that she kind of sticks to things and you kind of have to gather that over a period of time um you won't see it if you just watch it like kind of like at face value yeah, and and that's the hard thing. It's like it doesn't sell itself as something deeper than that, and and that's the sneakiness of Kyoto Animation and most of their series, frankly. Yeah, um, there's a lot more under the hood than it than it looks. Absolutely, it's uh it's not subtle. It's it's very much like uh you got to look what's going on behind the scenes. At least in my opinion, yes, maybe I'm overanalyzing. Maybe I'm being maybe I'm being film criticy. I guess in this situation, like, but I think that's the case here. Like Azusa is finally a real musician. And I think that plays into the series a lot better. And I think it actually gets better from this point. 
No, I, I like to do that, especially with anything or any kind of media I look at and play. If there's a message I pull from it, I like to think that that's something that was intended, whether or not that's something the producers or story writers or whoever was trying to get it, get across. Like, uh, it'll be something arbitrary. Uh, like, what is it? Uh, we were watching Shrek 2 earlier um, with my son. Uh, not to just make a random allusion to Shrek 2, but I hadn't really thought about it <laughs> in a long time. And my wife was like, yeah, you know, in the beginning, this is something really about race. Because, you know, Shrek and Fiona come up to her dad and uh, her dad and mom, and they're like real uh, ogres. And uh, I was sitting there thinking about it, and I was like, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. Because it's really about, you know, maybe a, a, some kind of racial racial bias maybe and how interracial couples have trouble fitting into other families where shrek tries to modify himself to fit into this this culture that he wants to be into and you know sometimes you do have to take a step back and be like am i thinking about shrek too hard is this really going on right now but there's also yeah. undertones in movies yeah and, it, it, interpretation is also a big part of it as well i mean yeah. it can it like that can be interpreted in so many different ways from like awkwardness with the in-laws to uh analyzation of, of you know interracial couples to because yeah that's that's a lot of different things to kind of take into and i i feel like that's a big part of film and, and whether it be anime or live action or you know trek in this case yeah. um the the undertones and, and interpretation i think is really where we come away with different feelings about a show and i think it's half the fun of talking about it i agree um so season one let's get back to that so the girls go together to have another rest they go back and have their second beach episode this season that's illegal you can't Wait, have two beach episodes two beach episodes in one season they do they have two beach episodes i forgot it's illegal. about this I hated it. I was so mad. Uh, it has to be a hot spring anywhere. episode. It has to yeah. be hot springs. Has- like they broke, they broke the holy trinity. There's a pattern, and they they refused to follow it. They went back to the same beach house and did the beach scenes. It was it's unacceptable. Uh, I hated it. And so oh, after terrible. that, they uh, girls get sick. They get ready for their big end of end of year festival. Um, before they all move up to the next grade and it uh they finally do their first big performance for the school um the music club a music club first time comes forward outside school is the the translation for the final season one episode and it was uh it was fun they they came out and they showed out and that was it um i was really disappointed with the end of season one of k-on um I I had a lot of fun with the girls. They they're mm-hmm. a blast, but the biggest thing that I felt hurt it for me was that we didn't go anywhere. Like these girls grew a little bit, they studied music, um, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a goal or that they were trying to achieve or they they didn't not even a goal, they didn't they didn't get anything. I mean, I I knew them a little better, but it's not like they went and beat the the battle of the bands or anything they just they just did the cute girls doing cute things thing and, and i realized that yeah too and, late. 
Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's like you uh, with anime, and especially like things like uh, Moe Blob and and like Slice of Life. The end result, there is no end result. You, it's just the point where the series cuts off the the hijinks and the adventures. Um, they usually try to find like a like a kind of like a milestone to drop an episode on. Uh, but the reality is, it's just what they're doing. And that can be really jarring for a fan who is used to a series having what you're, you're saying a bell curve, I guess, um, or bell pattern. Yeah. Where I you, think a bell you, curve is you start, it, yeah, something to yeah. go up you to. Build you build up, up to. Yeah. Hit a climax and then you have your resolution. That doesn't really happen in Slice of Life. Like there might be some high tension moments, um, you know, the, the big game or the big show. Uh, but this, this is, absolutely it's and it sold itself as this so the the hardest part is is that it's not it's on the viewer to really kind of decide like how to approach it and like that's the thing you you came up on shonen anime like that is like that is the biggest thing to kind of like make you think like what's next where's the big yeah. fight where's the big resolution where's the spirit bomb it's, yeah. it's not there in slice of life it's it, it just isn't it, it is a milestone it is a marking point for more eventual hijinks, adventures, misadventures, whatever. And I, I think you're getting better at it. And I think that that's why I disappointed you. It's like you're used to that bell curve. And uh, I expected it from the get go. Like, I was just like, this is like, by the time I hit episode three, I was like, okay, I know where we're going from here. And that's fine. I'll enjoy the ride. And they did introduce enough conflict to keep me engaged. So I'll, I'll call that a win as well, but it is nothing compared to some other stuff I've gone through, but uh, yeah, that wraps season one. Yeah. Um, so we'll button that up there. We'll follow up yeah. with season two in the next episode. Um, Absolutely. Now season one of Beck, we're only going halfway through this one. Uh, so we're going to stop at episode 13 for this. The other half we'll save for season two doing the side by side um now starting off it the com the description really did a good job of telling you what happened um mm -hmm. kiyoki really or Ko koyuki um really koyuki. Just feels, koyuki really feels like his life isn't going anywhere until he meets this guitarist and um life kind of opens up for him he feels like he has a purpose again he starts wanting to do things um, he he was real depressive before then. Um, he meets the band. He's very listless. He's very listless. Listless in this. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Um, he gets invited to check them out at the next gig, and it's really fun to see these guys at their gigs. It's a it's a fun part of each episode if if the bands are performing. Mm -hmm. Um, I there's not many times I enjoy CGI in anime, but the CGI in Beck Mongolian chop squad for whenever they're doing their guitar bits for the fingers mm -hmm. is great. It's fun. Um, let's see next. Uh, Kayuki's hanging out with his friends, finds out more about the music and he gets an old guitar as a thank you gift. Um, and he finally starts strumming, figuring things out. Um, mm -hmm. And Kayuki takes his first tentative steps towards learning how to play, but all progress stops when he trashes the guitar. 
and Ryu Yusuke and Koyuki's friendships threatened. Jinkies. Uh, I don't really remember Jinkies. what happened there. I I, I think. Oh, go ahead. I don't remember exactly what what damaged the guitar. Um, I I can't remember I, exactly. I feel like I remember there being bullies involved. Mm, that's right. It is like that. They kind of like fuck up the guitar and instead and this is, this is a very a japanese thing instead of explaining that bullies kind of fucked it up it like koyuki views it as his responsibility to yeah. tell rios uh, uh riosuke and uh about it and like not really kind of blame it on anybody like it's it's very much a a thing that you know it's like this was my responsibility so even though it's it was originally your guitar it's damaged and I'm responsible for it ultimately by because I let people do that to me. Yeah. Um, but he does basically their their friendship kind of does sort of like cool to a degree. Yeah, they they get back to they or they're fine. That it it says it gets a little tense there. Um, I mean, it but was he but he, he he gets it repaired. He gets it repaired, and he actually starts taking on lessons on his own. Yep, he works his ass off to get that taken up to where he can go back to doing a battle of the bands with these guys. Um, oh, I lost my spot. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Koy- Koyuki enters a battle of the bands with Saito's reformed group. And the old singer's too drunk to perform until Maho steps up to the microphone. He finds out Maho is like a, a little pop singer. Turns out old girl is uh, slanging words. And um, <laughs> slanging words. Slanging them words. Um, and it looks like it's back to the guitar. They're trying to get him a newer, better guitar. Um, there's one that he mm-hmm. falls in love with. I think it's Lucille, Lin- Lenny, something. It's it's I no Lucille, it's Lucille. Lucille is the is the guitar that. Uh, That's not uh, the end, right? It's the one that. Uh, what is it? Ryosuke or Ryunosuke? I'm trying to remember his name exactly. Ryosuke, um, Ray, Ray. Um, Ray, yeah. Yeah, Ray Ray has a connection to uh it's a Gibson Les Paul guitar by the way that has a bullet hole in it um Ooh. named Lucille which is also a reference to BB King's famous uh famous Gibson guitar um and he he's uh like that's his guitar that's it's there's there's actually like story elements that revolve around Lucille um there's like there's almost this is kind of like pimpy looking dude like kind of gangster looking dude that's yeah. involved in it too pimp named um, slick back looking man oh my god yeah it's it's a it's a little uh it's a little stereotypical but it, it, the menacing nature of it is kind of sold um but yeah like where were you on that one like because they get koyuki so, another guitar they do they get another guitar um, and then he gets volunteered to be a part of the swim club. And it's a pivotal moment for Koyuki um, because yes. he finally develops the stamina to be able to sink. And you don't really realize it until later on. He, he just kind of joins the swim club and it's kind of stupid. And it's like, what is all this about? And then finally you see it, it like later on in the show. And he's like, he's singing in there. He's like, do you swim? these swim classes, these tournaments, I, I'm stronger as a musician. And like, he, he's pushing himself to do better and, and take these, uh, 
take these like secret lessons from this Olympian swimmer that used to be his, uh, or that is his neighbor or something, this scandalous person. And it's a, uh, it's funny that his whole interaction, that guy is, it shocks me. It shocks me because the things you take away from an anime really paint you as a shonen fan because yeah. it's the training arcs, the training arcs really get your attention. Oh yeah. Because like, like it's, it's such matters. a minor thing. No, that's such a minor thing in 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 my in, for my purview. Like uh, oh, his yeah. interactions, his interactions with other musicians, and his own devotion to, to practice uh, of the actual instrument are kind of like really what drive. Like that's the thing as a musician, I I look at it. I'm like, that's the part. That's the training arc. But you see it from a different perspective, and like like physical activity actually puts you in training arc mode so i'm not saying you're wrong oh, i'm just saying oh, no. it's it's cl- he needed that what? too though so he he also yeah. had to, to beat the cheeks of his fingers against that drum he or the the guitar he had to learn how to play that guitar regardless but him him doing that swimming was almost like some shadow clone sage training that was going on on the side it was did, it was some extra stuff that was really helping him out in the long term. So we're both right. It's basically what we're coming yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so isn't this also where along the lines where he meets like Saku? Saku, the girl? No, Saku, the drummer, the the other boy that uh, joins the the oh. band with him. Oh man! Because remember he remember he's in school. Yes, he's still in school, and he really doesn't have a lot of friends. He's not really he doesn't connect with a lot of people in a big way. Uh, no, I mean, most he, of the connections they, are outside of it. They lose the drummer this episode, and I think the next one's where they get him. Is what these descriptions. Mm-hmm. So the, thank goodness these kind of have a little more detail. So yeah, I think they do get his his friend the drummer. I didn't remember his name was Saku. Um, but yeah, and he turns out he's like a little drumming prodigy, like he he can yes. slap it and so look he... oh go ahead saku is my favorite character in the series yeah absolutely 100 percent the best character in the entire series and there are various reasons for that one he he's a talented musician but he's very humble um yeah. throughout the the whole process like he doesn't get a big head about it but there is a moment that will happen later that we will talk about that cemented him as fucking best boy. Is it where he series. killed Koyuki? Absolutely. He had okay. to, he had to activate his shadow jutsu. Hell or yeah. whatever whatever ninjas do. I don't know. Just joking. No one dies. No one dies. <laughs> no one dies. There's no shadow oh. jutsu in Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. No. <laughs> no one gets their Mongolian chopped. So, um, what happened? What happened? Where am I at? Oh my gosh. Okay. So Koyuki's confidence in his abilities is shaken after a lackluster performance. He doesn't do a good job at, a. oh God, it was off. Oh, I'm cringing thinking about it. So he goes and sings the <laughs> song at the first gig and it's bad. Like he, he, he's like, like his left nut dropped in the middle of the performance and he just cannot sing. He's not playing right. It's bad, but Ryusuke has a new song in the pipe, hoping it'll bring everything together. Um, Koyuki and the band are ecstatic that Dying Breed planned the tour in Japan. Tour. And uh, Dying Breed is like this band that 
everyone is worshiping in the rock or the punk rock scene over there and uh mm-hmm. and back so everyone wants to go see him and and see whatever was up um their guitarist eddie is actually coming to Beck's show. What, what? Um, so at the show, Koyuki gets the thrill of a lifetime when they actually get to have him up on stage. And what does Koyuki do? He fucking sings. He gets up there and he does his thing. He does, right? I'm not mixing that up, am I? No, you're not. Uh, so Eddie okay. is actually a friend of uh, Ryusuke's uh, mm. from America if I recall correctly. And uh, they have a connection. They, it's part of the story, so I won't go too far into it. Um, but, yeah, he shows up, and he he comes up on stage to play. And so, basically, Koyuki, ha- he's gained this interest of Western music through uh, being a part of the band and everything. So he's basically definitely gotten into, into dying breed. So he's learned the music. He's learned the songs. He's learned the lyrics. So he gets asked to sing this song by dying breed that they play. And he just nails it. Like people are enthralled and it's probably, it, I think this is a very formative moment for him because it's the first time he realizes that his singing while it, he is emulating a different style of singing, his singing can have an effect on the audience and how the crowd reacts to their band um one of the important things to determine here is like it's uh, you know the singers the singer like koyuki being the singer is not a constant thing there's there's different singers yeah they all take uh, turns they it's cool to see because you see chiba doing his rap stuff for certain mm -hmm. songs you'll see uh oh man i don't even remember what the main guy i'll sing but it's just chiba whenever he does the uh Typhoon, Typhoon twenty four. <laughs> nah, he gets so time. he gets so fucking lit. On it's that one. He's so excited. <laughs> yeah, I love Chiba. Chiba, Chiba is a fun character too. Like, I think that's what's unique about this show is like all of the characters have their own personalities, and it feels like a real thing. Being in a band is an amalgamation of a bunch of different personalities that learn these instruments for a specific reason, and. Sometimes you come together and you're on the same you're on the same page. Sometimes you come together and you're like, "What the fuck are you doing? What? No, we we didn't agree that. Oh, I'm going to do it anyways. Okay, cool. All right, let's see how it goes. Like it's it's very much a, a, a kind of like a very visceral experience because just because you learned like for me, like I, I played saxophone, I did, like absolutely played saxophone because I wanted to get into jazz. I ended up playing in a ska band. I didn't Fuck, play jazz. Yeah. yeah, I didn't play like just jazz style music. I could play. I can play it, but I learned. I because I became a fan of the genre, and you know, I played my. I played saxophone in high school, and I was like, I want to do something with it besides just you know marching band and stuff like that. So I started branching out into things like jazz, and I got to know ska and varying different kinds of uses of saxophone in music, I mean, even back down to disco and like funk. Um, so I learned a lot of different things. And so I joined, like I, I actually got asked by somebody if, if I could play saxophone and I, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, can you play Scott? And I was like, if you got music, I can't. And that's the thing is like, when I went into what they wanted to do was play punk rock music. They wanted to play guitar and shred and, and get fucking wild with the solos. And I wanted to play saxophone. And it just so happened that we learned these music, music 
musical instruments for different reasons, but came together and made something. And I think that's one of my favorite things about the character of like Chiba and Saku and like every character in the actual band is different, but similar at the same time. And I think it's so authentic. It's one of the reasons why this, this series jumps at you. Like if you have any inclination of what it's like to be in a real rock band and like start from the bottom, this show shows it. And I, and I like I'm a, we'll we'll expand from there, but yeah. And I can't believe I didn't bring it up. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and cut it there for the episode talk. Yes, please. Um, I had to pee. <laughs> but before we wrap up, I just want to say, "Hitting in America" from Beat Crusaders comes from this show. Oh, and probably the best anime opening ever. And there, don't at me, don't cat me, don't even rap because <laughs> it's not going to be possible. It's not an argument. Look, B Crusaders has some sexy ass music. And I want you to know what's interesting about this show. Like, I'm going to wrap, we'll, we'll wrap on this. This show, like, they were definitely more well known, but B Crusaders and a lot of the bands that were associated with this show were not huge, like, artists. They were, they were handpicked by the, the, the music director to kind of personify that, like, sort of like indie underground, like, low level like starting from the the bottom up band and they did a great job choosing it and but it still it still has that flair it has that punch and hitting the usa and the beat crusader like soundtrack is great and there's actually other bands involved but uh beat crusaders if you haven't listened to beat crusaders go listen to them now and with that trey it's time to put you to bed you ain't lying dude I'm tired. This is a pretty so long tired. one for us. It's a long one. It is. We got more. Yeah. God, don't don't I always or anyway. So <laughs> with that, Stephen, actually, I'll I'll cap us for tonight real quick. All right. So everyone, you know, you know where to find us. You're listening to us. You know, hey, hey, keep doing that. Leave us a review, please. It helps. Um, apart from that, we do have a Patreon that's up. You can check that out at patreon.com slash senpai kohai podcast um check that out for different tiers and rewards um we do have a discord that's open with that where you can kind of help shape and form what we're going to do next if you have an episode idea let us know we are open to more things like this or doing new and different things um come join uh come join the senpais and the kohais um check us out on twitter simco podcast also on facebook and instagram and with that steven i'm getting under the covers dude Good night. Me too. Good night.